Hello and welcome to ESPN's The Far Post podcast. The dub is back. Let us all rejoice. How wonderful was it to have five beautiful games of dub to sink our teeth into over the weekend? Obviously, lots of goals, lots of storylines, lots of great reactions and celebrations. So naturally, there is plenty to talk about in this episode. But before we crack into all of the dub goodness, we want to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands we're recording on today, the Wurundjeri people, and pay our respects to their elders past and present. For this episode and for the next couple, you have the very Victorian lineup of me, Marissa Lordanik, Angela Christian-Wilkes, and Anna Harrington. But it feels good to be back in dub mode, friends. Like, it's been a while. It's the longest off-season in Australian football. So feeling good that we finally get to talk some dub again. And as we usually do, we will start this episode with a couple of you love to see it. So, Angela, kick us off. What did you love to see this weekend? I love to see tall gals scoring goals. Uh, there were actually, I think there's two significant instances of this in this opening round. Um, I'll start with my favourite. Uh, Grace Jarley open in the account for Canberra's season um, in their game against Perth. It was a headed goal. I mean, the, the defending on the goal was not great, but like, I'll take it. I'll take it. Grace Jarley. She, she is a tall gal and she scored a goal. And the great thing about the goal as well was it was Grace Mars corner in. Um, so kind of a bit of Grace squared action there. Uh, and also uh, Larissa Crummer opened the account for Brisbane and uh, Mariel Hecker got the assist for her and immediately like leapt into her arms, which is real like pick her up energy. Anyway, so tall gals scoring goals. I'm all about it. You love to see it. Crummer and Hecker had big... Um... Midama Mana Iwabuchi energy, which yes, yes, incredible. Loved to see it. Han- Hannah, no, Anna, what did you love to see? Wow, I've replaced you. Am I so, so forgetful? Sorry. <laughs> so, so forgettable, so forgettable. It's okay, oh, I'll no. get through. That's all right, that's all right. At least I've got a you love to see it, which is um, we're not entering the summer of Kote Rojas, we have already entered the Kote Rojas spring. Um, it's yeah, I think it's pretty incredible. Um, Rojas got picked up by City as an injury replacement player for um, Hannah Wilkinson, who's going to be out till late December, which is a real shame, especially for Angela, who tipped her to win the golden boot. Um, she can still do it, but there's making an impact. And there's what Kote Rojas did against Wellington. She absolutely tore them to shreds, um, combined really well with Rihanna Polisina, but she also had a hand in three goals. So she assisted one for Briley Henry. She scored one herself and she also won a penalty um, for Polisina. So three of the four goals, courtesy of um, Kote Rojas. It's pretty incredible. Uh, that's, make, that's one way to make an impact. You love to see it. We did love to see it. And Kote Rojas is the perfect way to introduce a new segment we are debuting this uh, year, Ooh, this season. segment. Need some, um, I'll add some little, you know, uh, celebration music uh, in post, maybe if I can be bothered. But new segment, obviously with five games this season, there's more teams to talk about. There's more stuff to talk about. We can't do every game in depth. So there will always be a couple of games that we really deep dive into. But for the others, we want to show them some love as well. So we are debuting the Rondo where we ask a couple of questions from each game or one question from each game it's quick it's short fire we're gonna see who looks silly we're gonna see who looks smart and it's gonna be a lot of fun so 
Our first Rondo question for this season is about Cote Rojas. Obviously, Melbourne City beat Wellington 4-1, as Harrow just said. Cote Rojas was absolutely influential in this game, but is only on an injury replacement contract. So the question is, should she be on a proper contract somewhere in the league, especially after the game she just put on? I think we're going to see that at some point, aren't we? Um, the injury replacement move made a lot of sense because um, she needs fitness and to you know, score some goals, let's be honest, and be involved in some goals before Chile have their playoffs um, in New Zealand in February. So at least having a home until the end of December is great for her. Um, but you'd think she'd want to stick around a little bit longer. I'm not sure what the goal will be with their camp. But anyway, um, she's clearly a weapon. Uh, she's a valuable player. She's experienced. She knows how to play at this level. And the thing that she's actually got this time around, she's, she's starting, which she hasn't always done when she's been in the dub, especially not at Sydney FC last year. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. It proven performer at this level. I think she probably does deserve a full-time gig. Um, and if City aren't able to provide that when um, Hannah Wilkinson comes back um, and you hope that another international doesn't get injured because that would be no bueno, then you have to think someone else would pounce and she'd be an asset to, to any team. So, yeah, absolutely. Angela? Yeah, I mean, she's definitely got the quality of that clubs would be looking for in an international signing. And I feel like she's proven herself at so many times that it's like a little bit of a no-brainer, but also um, I'm not the one doing the paperwork, so I'm not really sure. <laughs> Can't really speak for whoever's doing the admin behind the scenes, but yeah, she's definitely 100% at the level. And I think it was an interesting move uh, or like it was an interesting season for her last year at Sydney. I kind of forgot how good she is. So yeah, I guess, uh, and having her start in this game, she was able to, yeah, have a massive impact. So, yeah, I, I agree. It makes, it it just makes sense, I guess. But there's maths that I don't quite understand that will influence her getting a full-time oh. contract. Absolutely. Um, I, I do think it raises an a interesting thing overall. You look at Catherine Zimmerman and Hannah Kane, who's just signed for Western United, um, players who've played in NPLW leagues over here who, Conte is different because she is a, an international for Chile, obviously. But those players that have played in Australia know the conditions, know the leagues. Um, there's definitely a case for them. I think most of the time you want your international spots to go to real stars or players who can make a massive impact. And I'm not saying that those those players clearly all can fill that that requirement. King's still, you know, got a bit to prove. Um, but yeah, there's, there's certainly room for it. Um, I think the, the devil's advocate with the Rojas thing is there will also be clubs that want to, um, get game time into talented young strikers and wingers and that's the the sacrifice maybe you make when you you sign a really experienced forward and that's the same in any position so I think it really depends on the club as well but I think if you're one of the contenders and you want someone to make an instant impact and that's probably what City were looking for someone to you know replacing experience with experience quality with quality with Wilkinson out um it seemed a logical one, and I imagine if there's a decision made come January on a full-time contract at City or somewhere else, that's the consideration that we'll see. So, yeah, I'd love to see her get a full-time gig, but I think it will be a bit of horses for courses in terms of which clubs would would look at that. I suppose the convenient thing for her is it's almost like a four-week audition, and if there happens to be a club at the kind of start midpoint of December who are like, everything's going well, but we need more goals. It could be a real convenient marriage for whichever club and Cote Rojas. So we will obviously wait and see. Speaking of imports, 
It's a perfect segue for our next question, which comes from the Brisbane 2 Newcastle 1 game. It was very all American. It just seemed to be an unusually large number of Americans in this game. But to their credit, they were all pretty fantastic. So which American did the best, in your opinion, from this Brisbane-Newcastle game? I was most impressed, uh, I think, with Shea Connors. Um, we were chatting about this pre-pod, Marissa. Credit where credit is due. You, you pointed out that last season she had a bit of a hard time scoring goals, but she put in the grunt work for both of Brisbane's goals. Um, and, like, the first one was quite comical uh she bodied a few few defenders and there was like a a tum a, like a very circular tumble that happened and then she passed the ball off to Hecker who did like pass the ball off to Crummer for Crummer to score the most Crummer goal you can ever imagine anyway um so yeah it was I, I think yeah I was quite impressed with her and also my brain immediately has gone to She's American by the 1975. I don't know if anyone else is on like a big 1975 kick or if it's just my TikTok algorithm. But anyway, that's that's where my brain went. Um, but yeah, Shea Connors was, yep, double thumbs up. I mean, a secondary assist and a primary assist? Surely that's not what it's called. Speak for themselves. Probably just an assist is what you could run with. I reckon regular assist is <laughs> more than okay. I'm, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna bounce the other way, Marissa. Uh, I was super impressed with. It. I think I alluded to it. Hannah Kane from a different game, uh, Western United against Melbourne Victory. I thought she was in everything. Um, and for a player who's had such an interesting journey in terms of uh, almost signed by Melbourne City a few years ago, and then I think they took Bevianas instead at the last minute. Um, gone off and played in Europe, and now is um, yeah back. She she just tormented victory especially when they had not take them off with injury at one point um now down to 10 obviously she uh combined well with Jess donald she drove forward she was whipping the ball in she just caused a bit of havoc with her speed and with the ball at her feet and missed a couple of chances i think that she would have liked to have buried um i spoke to her after the match but yeah just just really exciting you know I feel like maybe not the player you think would necessarily have an impact, but has played in the MPLW here before, like a lot of um, the girls at Western. And yeah, had a huge impact against the, you know, a really strong defensive group uh, and the defending champions that Victory have. I was super impressed and I feel like she'll only get better with um, with more time at the level. So yeah, I spun out of that game altogether. But um, yeah, the Americans, they're back, baby. I will accept your answer, but you will also have to do laps after the pod as punishment for not sticking to the rules of the game. So you do that in your own time. Back to the original question, I just wanted to make mention of Hensley Handcuff, who not only is the most American-sounding American in the entire league, but was really good on what was her professional debut. So Gareth McPherson after the game was like, Hensley said to me afterwards, that's my first start in a game. So even though she's contracted to Gotham in the NWSL, she hadn't actually played any games over there. So this was her first starting game in a professional league and she was really good. So cannot wait to see more of Hensley Handcuff. I think she's going to be really, really sensational. But final Rondo question, and we can be real quick with this one, Angela. I'm going to go to you because you have the Canberra United jersey in your background it was another 2-2 draw. It was between Canberra and Perth. Canberra love a high-scoring draw. Are they going to continue to be the most chaotic team in this, the most chaotic league in the world? 
No, please <laughs> more. I'd love some wins, honestly. Like it's fun to a point. It's fun when it's the end of the season and like all hope is lost and they're just like the the clowns that are messing with everyone else. But right, like I feel like they've got an actual chance to do something um, substantial and special this season. So I like I'm manifesting no, but honestly, anything could happen. Anything could happen. The Chaos League does what the Chaos League does, to be honest. And Canberra are a chaos team. Like, you know, sometimes you defend, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you score goals, sometimes you don't. Who's who's going to stop them? Well, probably the really good teams. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they, I think they may be a bit chaotic again. Lots of player movement can do that too. You can be unpredictable. Youth as well. Like having quite a few young players in there. Young players can be world beaters one week and really struggle the next because that's just how players develop. It's not all linear. Um and yeah, I think they're going to be a chaos team again. Sorry, Angela. I was really waiting for a sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit in there, to be honest, the way you were going. But um, that's that's the rondo. Let's deep dive into the two, I think, arguably biggest games of the weekend. Both the defending premiers and the defending champions lost. 1-0, uh, victory obviously to Western United, the new gals on the block, and Sydney to Adelaide, which... I would say is maybe less of a surprise, but let's start with the Western United victory game because obviously big, huge, historic occasion for Western. Packed crowd out in Caroline Springs was very, very fun. All three of us were there in different capacities. So, Harrow, your view from the media box, you obviously, like you said, uh, spoke to a couple of the players. How do we assess this game? Is it panic stations for victory? Should we be putting, you know, a, a lot of tickets on Western United for a, an unlikely championship based off one game? Um, I'd say no to both of them. Um, I don't think it's panic stations for victory at all. I think Western handled the conditions a lot better and they really deserve credit for that. They're very disciplined defensively. They took the chance when it came. Victory pretty filthy with the goal they conceded. Very uncharacteristic. I think maybe Claudia Bunge played everyone onside and it was just second phase you know set piece like sort of stuff from what Jeff Hopkins says sort of goal they pride themselves on not conceding so like pretty sloppy stuff by their standards but Western handled the conditions well they drew plenty of free kicks friend of the Tom Pod made this observation when they were playing with the wind at their backs and you know time and time again eventually the, the weight of them won out Victory really struggled with the wind at their backs in the first half they're trying to play these through balls but they just kept overhitting them and they were just rolling out for goal kicks, to be honest. So it was a little bit smash and grab, but at the same time, I think Western actually had most of the better chances. Um, I mentioned Keane, missed a couple. She probably would have liked to have scored. Um, there was Carly Johnson, I think, handballed or just sort of fluffed it, um, how she was going to control the ball altogether. But victory, the Alex Chidiak one-on-one miss was a, a, a bit of a shocker by her high standards, I'd say. That would have been an equaliser. And Melina Reyes missed one in the first half that you'd normally... Um, pick her to bury as well. And Jeff Hopkins said post-match, she'd, she'd not been training fully the last couple of weeks. So maybe not not fully right there. So yeah, he said the the chances that they probably spurned are ones that they would back themselves to bury in a couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, I really like Sydney Cummings, Western United. I thought she was super, really marshaled their defence. Um, and uh, Catherine Zimmerman, Melina Reyes, quiet. They, they did that really well. Um, they actually did it all after a bit of po- like pre-match drama, like less than an hour before the game. Uh, they had to wait for Jess McDonald and um, Hilary Bills 
international transfer clearances to come through. So stressing on that, TJ Vlanic just didn't come through. She'd been playing in Serbia in the off-season. Um, so they're all a bit nervous and players are getting ready to step up and then they came through sort of in the nick of time. So they sort of overcame that bit of chaos, which uh, says a lot about them. And it, it was a great occasion, to be honest, like great crowd. The wind was like, sorry, sorry, Mickey Mouse. The wind was fucked, wasn't it? Like the conditions were just no good. Both coaches made note of that. It was just so hard to to play really nice football in. But you've got to take your chances when you come. That's what Western did. Victory didn't. Um, I think the positives that Victory would take out of it was they did control a lot of possession. Elise Callum Knight, I thought, was super influential in that holding midfield role. Just looked slick as, which is so exciting for both club and country, to be honest. Chidiak was good. Beanie Goad really played well. Um, they'll have a bit of an injury concern with Nat Tatham being forced off with that sort of wrist-elbow um, issue. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't think it's panic stations for Victory. I think Western um, have shown that they can really not necessarily contend for the championship, but push for finals. They should at least be mid-table the way they played. They're disciplined, they're strong, they've got some good mature bodies and their players really stepped up to the grade, so that was quite exciting to see. Was the media box in the bistro? There was, really... there was, but I didn't sit there. I went where they had the chairman's club. They sort of had some benches up behind the seats because otherwise I wouldn't have been able to see a thing. I pointed that out. So <laughs> I sat, yeah, I sat sort of in in the stands effectively, like just behind the stands so I could actually see everything, which is good. Cold though. Oof, yeah. The wind was really, she was giving main character energy like all day. It was, I did not enjoy it. I got wind burnt, which is, shouldn't be a thing, to be honest. Um, And also I find it quite funny. I like, I'm like, oh, even the professional clubs have problems with the ITC. Uh, the international transfer clearance stuff. So good to know it's a universal thing and not just at community level. To be honest, we just like play them and then be like, oh my God, we didn't realize, but you shouldn't do that at a high level. So you didn't hear that from me. I didn't say anything. Um, I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah, I was, I was pretty like impressed by Western United. I, to be honest, didn't entirely know what to expect because obviously they have this team that are pretty preformed they've got a lot of players who've um played together at Calder United in the past um and brought in some great quality so yeah I think definitely mid-table I'd agree with you there Haro um in terms of the VUC I don't know I I just I don't know I, 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 I don't know how to feel there was some very nice passages of like sexy football and then yeah the wind I'm just going to blame the wind. I'm just going to blame the wind on everything, um, even though you provided some very clear reasons as to why victory could have played around that. But anyway, um, yeah, it was it was a no. It wasn't a good game. I take that back. But um, <laughs> it wasn't. It was. It was. It was quite difficult to watch on a number of levels. But um, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing both of these teams um, moving forward and and how they kind of respond to this. I think Western and Wellington next week should be really yep. spicy. That's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's worth noting with Victory as well. They've changed three of their back four from last season's grand final. Like Courtney Nevin wasn't there. I imagine Gemma Simon or Leah Primatelli would have slotted in at left back. Um, Nat Tatham sort of went into that unfamiliar wide role and, and worked pretty hard and obviously copped that that bit of an injury. But, you know, Kayla Morrison, the first actual competitive game back after that knee, um, replacing Brooke Hendricks slash the revolving door of centre-backs that Victory had last year. And obviously, Polly Doran's gone. 
um, and Jess Nash is slotting in there. So there's a, a lot of change, and I think it'll take them a bit of time to to adjust. And I think they did miss at times that drive that Kara Cooney Cross can provide as well. Um, that's something I have to learn to live without, and they'll rely on Chidiac even more to to offer that. Um, she already offers that, obviously, but she'll have to take on a, a bigger load in that sense. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, it's uh, it's going to take a little bit of time. But I think the excitement for both these teams and for Sydney FC, who obviously lost the other day as well, it's you've got like eighteen games to to work things out to get your to get your shit together. You're not just it's it's more of a marathon rather than a sprint, which is really exciting. I have a question for the two of you. Uh, fluoro kit. Thoughts and vibes. Double thumbs up from it's Marissa. It's double thumbs up from me. I know it's obnoxious. I know people are going to hate it. And to be honest, that's why I love it even more. Um, I did make a very silly little joke uh, on my Twitter. Um, there were a couple of like uh, crossing signs and they are the same obnoxious yellow as the victory kits. And I was like, Haha, look, there's a couple of victory players way off the field. So I made myself laugh. Um, Angela called me Marissa Lord. <laughs> dad nick which i also thought was very funny but i'm a big i i loved the original iteration of the fluoro kit and i love this one big fan of the fluoro kit i don't have a strong opinion on the fluoro kit um i was sitting next to friend of the pod georgia who was convinced that it was some sort of intimidation tactic the fluoro kit and i said well that could go both ways because you can also look like either highlighters or traffic cones if you get passed around so it's uh yeah you know i I don't have strong feelings i think it looks pretty good um, the two genders, traffic cones and highlighters. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Just keep on reaching new heights over here, don't we? <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, is that a, is this a good time to move on to the other games? Uh, yes, I think is what we're getting out of this. Yes. Um, so obviously our other game was Adelaide United defeating Sydney FC 1-0. It seems like wind was the consistent factor across the dub this weekend just everywhere seemed to be windy af and adelaide was no exception but it was a really i want to say quite even tightly contested game and at the end of the day the reds took their chances so what does this mean for sydney and what does this mean for the reds as well i think it means more for adelaide it's a huge huge thing to take away first uh, first week of the season against grand finalists reigning premiers adelaide have been Bit of a point to prove this year, I think. Not that Sydney don't after breaking through for that first finals campaign and then not really firing a shot. Just it could have easily been my you love to see it. I think if we had another one, it would have been just the the Chelsea Dorber ball for the goal. It's just extraordinary. And it's a it's a lovely flick header for the goal, but that ball was just so beautifully weighted and uh, it left Jada Wyman not knowing what to do. And she sort of comes off her line, the Sydney defenders get a bit lost and like yeah it just opens the door just yeah super talented player Dorber who's yeah it's fantastic to see but yeah I think it's massive for Adelaide um starting at home um it it puts it also puts Sydney in a really unfamiliar position right because the last couple of seasons they've started the season with a good run of home games or games in New South Wales at least that basically won or drawn them you know had these big unbeaten runs and all of a sudden they're um yeah, they lose round one away from home and they've got a grand final rematch in round two. It's it's a really tasty proposition because you're going to have at least one of the two grand finalists is going to be winless after the opening two rounds. So, yeah, maybe both of them if they draw. So there's a little bit of quick maths for you, everyone. But, yeah, I, 
I think it does heaps for Adelaide. They want to show that they belong. They want to show that they're contenders. And that's the easy way to lay down your marker, right? Yeah, I really was impressed by Adelaide. And I think we had said in the preview app that it seemed on paper like things looked good. There weren't any kind of obvious holes or kind of glaring deficiencies. And I think in our first kind of sample game, they absolutely showed that. Marushka Waldis was excellent down back. Uh, Dylan Holmes and a fully fit Emily Condon were really important in the midfield. Condon especially because she kind of missed the the latter half of last season due to injury and the like. And then obviously getting Chelsea Dorber back was a huge thing. And knowing that those are the kind of balls she's going to be putting in and she will be finishing option, uh, you know, chances like that as well. Big plus, huge plus, um, and just Amelia Murray's face, so good in the celebration. Absolutely love to see it. I think for Sydney, the real telling thing was because, again, you know, Charlotte McLean, uh, Nat Tobin, excellent defenders, had no issues with them. Mackenzie Hawksby was, you know, kind of picked up right where she left off, was really, really impressed. Courtney Vine was doing things as well. I wonder if she's maybe a little bit not fatigued from international duty, but if there's maybe a, a, a slowness, I suppose, to start her season. But I do think they missed maybe the the Remy Seamson or that really kind of uh, obvious target woman up forward. Um, Shay Evans wasn't awful, but not the same kind of player as Remy Seamson. So I reckon that's maybe where Sydney looked a little disjointed, weren't as clinical and end up with a loss overall. So um, yeah, the too long didn't read is there's no panic for Sydney, but I think this is a really important win for Adelaide and uh, the really important a really important starting block for their season because I have them very high in my calculations for finals to be honest. And if they're already winning games in round one, it's a it's a good start without going uh, too early. But um, let's move along. No boots. This. Week, we can enjoy peace. Or oh, no, Angela has a boot. Wind. Oh yeah, true. Yeah, the wind can have a boot, but the wind would probably take the boot and like fly it <laughs> off somewhere into the ether. So, how dare the wind not even accept our displeasure? But and we've not even played at Casey Fields yet. <laughs> oh God. Oh no. Sorry, I just remembered that we've all been playing at Casey Fields. So. Um, good luck to Melbourne City and whoever plays them down there. But well, yeah. Apparently Wellington was windy as as well as per usual. But it's so. always. It's yeah. always. Yeah. Wind, boot, simple, easy. Um, and obviously we need to finish off with a how good. And there is no bigger how good than the 5,213 people who rocked up to the cake tin to watch Wellington play their first ever game in Wellington. I don't know about you guys, but I was so emotional and so touched by just the entire occasion. Obviously, there were really beautiful, like, Maori welcoming ceremonies and all of these kind of uh, ceremonial parts of the Maori culture that were uh, part of the introduction, part of the start to this game. And it was just really beautiful. It made me even more excited for the World Cup as well, because I imagine we're going to see a lot of that uh, throughout the New Zealand side of the tournament. And then just how good it must have felt for especially the Kiwi girls in this team to be playing on their home soil in front of what is a standalone regular season record crowd. Unbelievably good stuff. And I really hope that we continue to see these big crowds. I was thinking about it um, 
obviously in the WSL, a lot of uh, clubs are using their men's stadiums because the Men's World Cup is on at the moment. So there's, you know, availability in the schedule. I'm kind of hoping we could maybe do something a little bit similar down here, but I feel that's probably uh, too late to get those kind of things in motion. But um, it was just really awesome to see a big crowd at the dub. It was awesome to see Wellington finally get their chance to get around their own team, considering they did not get to last year. So uh, big crowds, Wellington welcoming their team onto New Zealand soil. Absolutely love to see it. How good. And great crowd for Western United first up, 2,700-odd um, at City Vista Reserve, which was very windy but had a great atmosphere and plenty of, um, I reckon, Calder United sorts uh, packing out the joint there. So it wasn't all victory, um, that's for sure. So really good signs. What can happen when you get a team from the Western Melbourne playing in, in Melbourne's West? Hell, there we go. So hopefully that's just the start of more to come small stadiums packed out good crowds looks like plenty of people got a feed as well so you love to see that um, good grub the Shabapi good grub there. Oh, yep. there we go she is the expert when it comes to grub at the dub so yeah just good crowds good vibes good games how good so much crowd that I was anxious <laughs> which is a positive sort of <laughs> It's growth. You know what that is? It's growth for the league. Um, But, yes, big crowds. Long may it continue. Good grub. Long may it continue. And more dub. Long may it continue. That's us done for this week. Obviously, round two is just around the corner. We can't wait to talk about it. We cannot wait to watch all of it. As always, there will be stuff on ASPN.com.au and the ASPN app. We are on Spotify, Apple, Google, all the usual pod spots. If you like what we do, leave a review and subscribe so you can get all of the episodes directly into your feed. If you want to have a chat to us, we are at the Far Post Pod on all social media. But until next week, see yous.